It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. A day later, and the Cincinnati Bengals, well, it's pretty obvious where their season's going, but there are things to prioritize the rest of the way and decisions to make. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can find us on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcast. We're going to get into, well, a number of topics today. Coaching, certainly a very hot topic. Jake Browning's leash, uh, I think a question worth discussing. And some some interesting notes that kind of, go to who's playing and who should be playing. And that's where we're going to start this show today. Today's show brought to you by the game time app, where you can create an account and use promo code locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase on last minute tickets for the lowest price guaranteed. And James, we talked about it going into the game and we're talking about it again. There needs to be a big emphasis on prioritizing the youth movement for the Cincinnati Bengals for the rest of the year. And it starts with Chase Brown because of all of these rookies, DJ Turner has obviously seen plenty of, of time out there. Miles Murphy has seen time out there. We've seen flashes from Jordan Battle, from Charlie Jones, from Andre Yosevash. We haven't even really seen the opportunity for Chase Brown. And I, I think that's where it it starts, especially after Sunday's game in which, and we'll talk about snaps and, and get it more in depth, but you played Jake as many snaps as Chase Brown did on offense. Jake Lisko did uh, it, it. That, that, that can't happen. I did too, by the way. And all of you listening or watching did too. That is wild to me because why activate him if there was no game plan and Zach Taylor afterwards saying that, it was the number of snaps and they did only have 43 snaps on offense, which is by far too low. It cannot happen. You need to be in the 60 ish range. It's pretty normal, pretty standard. And um, th that's where I'll start youth movement wise. I, I think I know what some of these guys are. That doesn't mean I don't want to see more Chuck sizzle on offense or more Andre Yosevash, but I've at least seen a little bit of them. We haven't seen chase Brown and that's like their worst position group as of right now, and they're at least productive group. So hopefully we can see him moving forward. 
Yeah, we've seen a movement toward youth. At corner, you mentioned DJ Turner's played a lot all year. No complaints there. Jordan Battle, getting a bigger role. Great. Miles Murphy, getting a bigger role. Capitalizing on the bigger role. And we'll talk about that when we go into some player evaluation this week. And you like to see all those things. But I know who Trent Irwin is. And and I don't say this to take anything away from Trent Irwin. He's a restricted free agent. He's probably part of this team next year. I believe he's a restricted free agent. Might need to fact check that. But why not more time for those guys on the offensive side of the ball where they waited until day three and we joked about it at the time. And now I'm not really joking about it anymore to address any skill position, any offensive position in the draft. It was just defense, defense, defense rounds one through three. And and now that we're at the point in the season where we are for the 2023 Cincinnati Bengals need to see way more of those young guys on the offensive side of the ball, the first-year players on the offensive side of the ball, to figure out exactly what they have there. Let those guys develop. Give them as many live rep opportunities as they can. How, how much was Charlie Jones on the field for the offense on on Sunday, James? I mean, Chase Brown hardly was. What about you, what about Jones? You ready? Four snaps. Nine percent of the snaps. Four snaps. It's way too low. Just to confirm, uh, Trent Irwin is a restricted free agent. So he'll be back next year, and that's fine. He can be back, and you still get these guys snaps. It's not like Trenton Irwin it needs a ton of snaps, and he was out there thirty for 31 snaps, 72% of the time. Yosevash, 14 offensive snaps. So I want to see an uptick for both of those guys, and especially Charlie Jones, We've seen Andre Yosevash flash on offense. Charlie Jones, it's it's more specialist. He was starting to come on, then he he got hurt. Same like Chase Brown, got hurt. And now you want to get a look at both of those guys and see if they can be, if, if Charlie Jones is your future slot wide receiver, if Chase Brown is uh, capable of being a big part of your backfield moving forward. And by the way, this is not locked on Bengals thinks the the, the team should tank. I think these things can happen in them while they're still trying to win. I'd be thinking that these guys should be in in play, Chase Brown, Charlie Jones, if Joe Burrow was healthy, if they had won two out of the last three instead of dropped three in a row. I'd still feel that way. We talked about this at the bye, how these young guys, they could give the offense an extra spark, how maybe Miles Murphy could come on on defense. And so I don't think that this – now, you may want them to tank. That's a completely different situation or, or, or at least topic. And that's what I'm trying to separate here. You may feel that way, that they should lose the next six and get the best draft pick they can. That's fine. Regardless, if you want them to win, lose, draw, play each week and, and try to win, I think getting these young guys in the mix, it's hard for me to believe Chase Brown can't help at all. And I, I asked around, and he's been good in practice, asked around since our last show just to see, just to make sure that his teammates aren't like, yeah, the dude just doesn't get it. It's not that. And he said he was fully healthy too. So what is it? I'm not sure, but I expect it to change. I, I, and whether it does or not, I don't know, but I expect it to change on Monday night against Jacksonville. 
Yeah, whatever the reason is and whatever your goal is for the Cincinnati Bengals this year, I don't think there's any reason not to get those guys on the field. And you do have to balance doing everything you can to win this particular football game and maximize your matchups versus evaluating what you have for the future. And the Bengals are not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. And until that is the case, it's really, really hard for the coaching staff to really justify taking off players they think are better to get a look at guys that they don't think are better. But there are spots where I think you certainly have the opportunity to do so. So I do think, like you said, James, even if it's not a tanking argument, whatever your goal is for the Cincinnati Bengals, and I personally don't see major incentive to to win games outside of the individuals will be trying to win games and I don't fault them for that. The coaches and the players, and they're all going to go out there and try to win. And I don't fault them for that. But from a strategic point of view, I'm much more interested in the future when you get Joe Burrow back. It's like the, uh, the old Peyton Manning offense. And if 18 goes down, we're effed, you know, that old quote. And that's kind of where the Bengals are right now. Yeah. I think the snap count part of this, because we talked about Trent and Irwin and these young guys and also trying to win. There's one thing that was just so glaring snap count wise that is is too good to not mention. And I can mention that and get your reaction. I'm not sure. Have you looked directly at the snap counts like for every player? I haven't. I have an inkling of the one you're going to mention, but we'll see if you surprise me. It's ooh, it's a doozy. So we will get to that. Plus. Jake Browning's leash and much, much more coming up next. Today's episode is sponsored by Game Time. Game Time knows you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to the next event you would like to attend, whether that's a Bengals game where maybe those last minute deals are going to look better with Jake Browning at quarterback for a lot of home games down the stretch or something else because you're ready to escape football, comedy, music, theater events near you all on the Game Time app with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from the seat, and their best price guarantee. There will be no guesswork when you buy your tickets with game time. I love seeing the view for my seats before I buy. I've sat in too many obstructed seats in my life to go without that feature. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Just go get the app, create an account, use promo code LOCKEDONNFL. You'll get $20 off your first purchase. Some terms apply. Again, create an account, use code LOCKEDONNFL, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L, for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today for last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Today's show is also brought to you by Streetside Brewery. This holiday season, you got to get to Streetside. And whether it's their pregame tailgates or the fact that they have happy hour Monday through Friday, 4 to 6, they have 24 taps from full pints to 4 ounces and something for everyone. All of the beer lovers out there, well, they'll have that. And they'll have all different kinds from fruited sours to lagers to IPAs to special holiday flavors for you. Our loyal listener, Jeff, shout out to Jeff, went to Streetside over the weekend, watched some college football. He was going to the game on Sunday, watched some college football there on Saturday. Loved it. I shared it on social media. You will love Streetside too. And you can check them out at 4003 Eastern Avenue in the Columbia Tusculum neighborhood near Lunkin Airport. It's not the west side or the east side. The best side is street side. All right, James. 
Try to shock me with a snap count, and we'll see if it's the one I think it is or not. We're talking about Trent and Irwin, and you know, they're trying to win and play the vets, and the coach is playing the vets. And I look, and, and I see, oh, Jamar Chase on the field, 38 snaps, 88%. That makes sense. Trenton Irwin was second in wide receiver snaps with 31, 72%. Third, Tyler Boyd, 63% of the snaps, just 27 snaps. That's interesting to me. And I, I don't know, maybe it's a one-game outlier, but Trenton Irwin out-snapping Tyler Boyd, that's something. Might not be nothing long term, but it's something, especially when you look at Boyd. He did have five targets, which is tied for second on the team, three receptions, 23 yards. It's not like he was overly productive and he wasn't out there as much as he normally is because normally he's in that 70 to 80% range on any given week. Was there just less 11 personnel overall? Did we see a greater percentage of snaps for tight ends? Because that's all. That's where my mind goes first. That's not the one that I thought you were going to say. It's actually on the defensive side of the ball. So no, we can get offense. there. Yeah. But, um, what Was it more tight end? More two tight end stuff? Can, can you tell from, from looking at the snaps? I don't have them in front of me. I assume you do. No, you're good. Yeah, Sa Sample led the tight end room with 19. Irv Smith Jr. was right behind him with 16, Tanner Hudson with 13, Mitch Wilcox with 12. So that is a lot of tight end snaps. Yes. But but there, none of them played 50%, so they were alternating a lot. But, for example, Drew Sample's touchdown, he runs over Mitch Wilcox to get in right. like a bowling pin. So there's and, multiple and there tight were, end snaps. How many, how many Cody Ford snaps? Because there were a handful of extra lineman snaps Five. as well, which is kind of – Okay, so so there's a bunch of snaps just right there between two tight end sets and the Cody Ford sets where Tyler Boyd's probably not on the field for those. For who? Because That's Irwin? Because you want Irwin outside instead of Boyd? I assume so. All right, I'm going to say it right now, and I know you, you don't agree as much. I want Chuck Sizzle outside some. I don't want to hear about strength. He was, good. he was way better at Purdue outside than Trent Irwin has been at, at, at any point. Um, college wise. And so just give him a shot. Doesn't mean he needs all of them. Can uh, you get five of those snaps? There, there's probably a couple things there, right? Like one, Jake Browning's first game, he's obviously very comfortable throwing the ball to Trent Irwin. We've seen that in the the one and a half games he's played. His best plays have been throws to Trent Irwin. Uh, the other thing with that is probably the, the plays that we're talking about are two wide receiver sets and Charlie Jones isn't the guy you want. When you go extra lineman, that's probably Andre Yosevas territory. Maybe it even was. It sounds like he had a, a healthy amount of snaps considering they only have what 44 total offensive plays, something like that. So 43. Yoshi it, was up 43. My my concern is is when T comes back, where are the snaps? And he's going to he's probably back this week. Probably. Yeah. We'll see. But I, I think there's a good chance here. Yeah, and, and there's probably some easing back with the hamstring injury. And there's an opportunity to get some other guys on the field in the slot as well. And that's where, you know, th there's a question about Tyler Boyd's overall effectiveness this year, whether he's part of the team in the future. Right now, I would say probably not part of the team in 2024. We'll see a lot of time left before they make that decision, a lot of time left in the season. But I, I think they have a pretty good idea of who Tyler Boyd is, who he's been, who he is this year. Certainly opportunities to get those guys on the field. We'll probably see some more four wide receiver stuff when T Higgins comes back as well at times. 
assuming they find a way to get the run game incorporated properly in the offense, right? And they get more than eight running plays going in a game. Um, but, the, but the snap total that stood out to me was Joseph Osai, James. I know it's a, it's a big jump from offensive skill guys and youth movement to defense, but Osai, a guy that we talked about with, with a year left on that deal, right? I, I thought it was the last year of his deal last week. I was confused about that, but he's on the team next year. And uh, what was his snap count, James, on defense, if you have it for me? Ooh, I'm looking. I'm waiting to find him here. Mm -hmm. Is this a riddle? Are you getting me? It's a little bit of a riddle. Keep looking. Yeah, because he's not there. He's not there, is he? No. He's not there. Zero snaps for Joseph Osai. And and by the way, Miles Murphy with 22, that's 31%. It's not like Miles Murphy got 50 snaps or anything like that even though that's a healthy amount for him. That is, that is a good amount. That's what I want to see for miles Murphy, but also I know Cam sample played a lot, but let's call it what it is. And, and he's, he's been in the doghouse because they had him in on that third preseason game. They said he needed the reps then. And what has been different? I mean, he was coming off of his best game this year in Baltimore. And so for him not to play, and you're right, I didn't notice him once. I noticed Miles, and there's a reason you didn't notice Osai. He wasn't out there. And I don't think he had any special team snaps either. Let me make sure I didn't see any. Yeah, there's not. If he just didn't play. Osai is not there. Yeah, he's just not it. Maybe he's hurt. Maybe he hurt something after they announced actives and actives or something. That, That seems crazy to have him up and have him play zero snaps on any unit. That's wild. yeah, and they had they could have elevated someone from the practice squad if they wanted to go that route. They could have done a, a lot of different things. Um, and, and you also wonder, but he wasn't on the injury report, so yeah, you're right. It, it would have had to have been something ga- day, game day of. In full disclosure, if Zach Taylor mentions something like that, we're recording before Zach Taylor's news conference, so don't crush us in the comments here. But um, that, that is a surprise. That is a major surprise. And clearly, I didn't notice it. I was looking at the offensive snaps because youth movement-wise, it was like, okay, well, at least Miles Murphy played. And right. it, it appears like Miles Murphy has fully surpassed Joseph Osai. So for those that are, were out on Murphy early, it looks like his stock is rising. Well, and Cam Sample as well, by a lot. I mean, not that that's surprising. He's been there the whole the whole season. But for those two guys to play the whole game – along with Hubbard and Hendrickson and, and for you to not see Osai at all. It'll be interesting to see if, if, if we do get news there, like you said, we're recording before Zach Taylor talks, it may or may not come up. Uh, but that one really stood out as an oddity. The other thing that it seemed like Zach Taylor played or Zach Carter played a lot. Can, can you, uh, is, is that one pop out to you? Sorry, I'm making you do a lot of work here on the spot. Uh, it seemed like the they were running at Zach Carter a lot, which means he must have been on the field a lot, but maybe that was confirmation bias. Yeah, I'm looking here. Zach Carter, yeah, 37 snaps, healthy amount of snaps. Over over half of them also had five special team snaps. So Zach Carter got the work, and obviously he forced the fumble, and uh, that, that took – it was on third down. They would have gotten the stop, but that took three points off the board for the Steelers. So that's a, a big play for Zach. Not to uh, take – Anything away from Zach too much. I mean, everyone's just going to say I'm a, I'm a rain cloud today. Uh, great play by Zach Carter to, to clean that up and, and make the, uh, but, make the force fumbled, but make the force fumble occur, but he is uh pancaked on the ground 
before he gets up when Isaac Sayamali runs by him after pancaking him to punch the ball out. So great play, great awareness to, to make something out of that. But uh, it's funny when you see where he comes from. <laughs> That's all I'll Come say on, about Jake. It. That just means he didn't give up on the play. That's all. Yeah, no, I, I'm giving him credit for the hustle for, for making the play Come after on. that. But uh, <laughs> That's like saying. That's funny to me. That's like saying Deontay Johnson dusted DJ Turner, but then Turner caught up and forced the incompletion in the end zone. Like, cause he was beat. I mean, it was a heck of a play. It should have been a touchdown. Butterfingers, Deontay can't hold on. You, you talk about both. There's nuance there, right? Like it's a great way to finish the play, use your makeup speed and, and make a play on the ball. But also, you know, you would, you would like it to not come to that. Sure. And those, those were back-to-back plays, by the way. So there were a lot of. <laughs> And part of this might just be the Steelers are a bad team, even though they're seven and four, like they're not a good team right now. There were a lot of what ifs that could have turned that game in the Steelers favor, like tenfold compared to what it was. Uh, Speaking of one of those, Jake Browning could have had a pick six, could have had multiple interceptions, ended with one interception that took points off the board for the Bengals. How long is Jake Browning's leash? We will discuss that coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is, well, America's number one sports book. It's also a one-stop shop for you. The NFL fan that wants to get in on the action. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And it doesn't matter if it's Monday night football next week or maybe you want to get in on a little Sunday action with the Bengals playing on Monday primetime. Maybe you want to get in on this college slate. Regardless, NBA, NFL, college football, all in one spot. Spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get going today. The NFL season there's only six weeks left of that regular season. There's no better time to, than to get in on the action. Again, FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I don't know how long Jake Browning's leash is to answer your question. When we talked going into the first game, you disclosed to me. I don't think we were recording, but you disclosed what you thought his leash was. I think... After that game, I am pretty in tune, at least if it were me in charge. Now, with the Bengals coaches in charge, I wonder if there's more leash than you and I give credit for, and we'll see. But there was maybe five or five to seven plays off the top of my head where it was either an impressive play from Jake Browning or I thought he kept them on schedule. Outside of that, I thought there's a lot of deer in the headlights a lot of very shaky decision-making, late throws, and and I wouldn't be very confident. But the Steelers do present a challenging defense. They do, and that's why he's going to get the start on Monday night. I would be shocked if it wasn't that case, the case, and it just feels like that's the vibe. Now, 
coming into this Jake Browning era. One, by the way, just I told you so, and, and I think Jake did too, when, when Burrow was playing through it, <laughs> playing through that calf early in the season, of course you want Burrow out there if he can go. So we've confirmed that, and you don't want to turn to, to Jake Browning. There's a reason he played against the Rams and Titans as he was working through it. That said, he'll get the start on Monday night against the Jags. Coming into this, I thought it was six quarters. That's what I told you. I've said it to plenty of people. I thought if he's really, really bad against the Steelers, they'll give him another start because it is the Steelers, and they'll give him a couple of quarters. And if it's really, really bad again, I think he was good enough to where he'll probably play the entire Monday night game unless it's just so bad because you can look at the numbers, you can convince yourself. But I think that it's going to look much, much worse on tape than it does numbers-wise. Like today, as they're watching, I think they're going to be like, Ugh. so to me, it's this game against Jacksonville, and then you potentially reevaluate. It is a short week, so would you want to go to A.J. McCarron on a short week? I don't think it matters that much. I think you certainly could for that home game against Indianapolis. So maybe there's a, another full game there. If it's really bad early against Jacksonville, you could see it, but... I don't think the leash is super long, and it shouldn't be because, again, this team is trying to win, and this coaching staff, they're pro I assume they're going to make some changes this week to make life easier on Browning or try to, and if those don't work, you got to keep looking for answers. That's their job over these next six weeks is to try to win games, and that's what they're going to try to do, and if, if that means shuffling through and seeing if A.J. McCarron has anything left, you might have to do that. That's the other part of it is can they help him? Can they do more to put him in a position that he doesn't have to be Joe Burrow? Like you said yesterday, he's not Joe Burrow. Not that anyone thought he was, but the way that he was talking throughout the week, the way the coaches were talking throughout the week, we're going to keep doing our offense. They did that to some degree. I'm not sure to what degree. I have not watched the tape yet, but it cannot be the same. And and the eight runs, there's certainly some spots, and we talked about this toward the end of the show and a couple times throughout the show yesterday, where there there's some downs where they maybe had good results, and they did. If you go look play-by-play play and you look at the EPA per play and all these things, their early down passing was actually their their best offensive success. But how much of that was was real and how much of that is, is garbage time or, or manufactured or what have you? no matter what the answer is, they need to do more to help him. Uh, Kyle Kasky tweeted about the first sack of the game where TJ Watt goes through Drew Sample and Jonah Williams and, and Browning holds the ball forever. And Andre Yosevash is wide open on that play. And we, we see Joe Burrow miss Andre Yosevash wide open, different coverage quarters versus cover two, but that's a busted coverage for the Steelers. And Browning had time to stand there and get the ball out. And, and he just, I don't know if he ever saw it, um, didn't necessarily look like it was part of the progression, but when you have stuff like that combined with holding the ball too long, some of the late throws, the missed reads, that's where if it's not better, and he does Damn deserve a little bit of time to get his seed legs. Yeah, you misread the, the interception for sure. Yeah. Um, if he doesn't get his seed legs under him pretty quick, is it helping anyone to have him out there at quarterback? when you're talking about trying to evaluate chase Brown, these young receivers, figure out what direction you want to go with your offensive line with your offense. When burrow isn't great next year, and you're trying to figure out the buttons you want to press to make things easy. 
what your coaching staff should be focusing on, right? Mm-hmm. Does does Jake Browning actually let you do that, or can you do can can AJ McCarron manage the game well enough to let you get a better picture of that? Perhaps that is a question they'll be asking themselves. No doubt, and Jake can put this to bed by playing well against Jacksonville, keep, keeping them in it, and 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 not looking as it was his first start. It's it's tough. It's a really tough ask to go totally. first on the road, his first playing time this year on the road in Baltimore and then against the Steelers. But guess what? It's really hard to be an NFL quarterback. It is. And A.J. McCarron might not do well under these circumstances either. The Bengals have flaws. We've discussed them. And that's why the youth movement was where we led today's shows. You want to see if any of those young guys can fill some of these cracks that are in the foundation right now that we're seeing and some of these flaws. At the same time, I agree with you. Coaching, you have to help the run volume, it has to be greater than, than eight out of every 43 drop back or eight out of uh, every 43 offensive plays. However, that works. It just, it just does. Now, if it's 35 dropbacks to, to 20 runs and you run a normal amount of plays, that, that's not crazy it, or, or even 15 runs, but it just, it wasn't close. And I, I get Mixon having all eight of the touches if there's only eight. There needs to be more than eight. That's how you get Chase Brown involved. <laughs> and, and so we'll see if that part happens. But yeah, this is uh, it's prove it time for Jake Browning. And I go back to what Zach Taylor said when I asked it, this was after the Joe Burrow news. A few days after, it was simple. I asked about AJ McCarron, how he was progressing. And he went out of his way to say, we brought him in because we thought he could play if we needed a veteran to go in. Well, he's a veteran. And they may need him to go in. It's up to Jake yeah. Browning to play well enough to to keep that from happening. And and the coaches to put him in better situations yeah. for the defense yeah. to not give up 400 yards to one of the worst offenses in the league. I, I mean, there's some there's a lot for there's a lot. No doubt, to, to it's not all Jake Browning. The, no doubt, no doubt. Right. Well, and I, I've ripped Jake Browning more than you have for sure. I'm just making sure that again, as we close the show for the second day in a row, that we put the spotlight back on the coaching staff as well. The the defense in particular is 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 Jesse Bates' departure apparently killed them. Apparently, that ended the Bengals' big plays. Defense. Big plays. I mean, I don't get it. And I also have dreams every once in a while, the locked on Bengals dreams, <laughs> locked on Bengals dreams of Jesse Bates okay. and Dax Hill just roaming in the secondary. Those two guys yeah. just, they're frolicking it through Paycor Stadium, making plays all over. Dax makes plays, man. And you had Jesse Bates. Oh, wish we could have seen it. They'll need to get better. <laughs> On that yes. side of the ball. Correct. No uh, doubt. It, it's frustrating. It's frustrating to watch this defense this year after previous years. And they've, again, give them credit for what they do well. They've had the clutch play throughout this season. They've made the red zone stops throughout this season. But when you see that kind of performance against Pittsburgh and it's your third straight bad defensive week, the, the questions get pretty loud. And that's where we are right now. They can quiet some of these questions by riding the ship and showing something the rest of the way. But they need to show something, and we're going to be looking at the youth movement we talked about earlier in the show. We'll talk about Miles Murphy's day, DJ Turner, Jordan Battle, the young guys that played. We'll get into those guys with some film review coming this week. Then 
It's on to Jacksonville and a long week in preparation for Monday Night Football. That's coming your way the rest of this week on Locked On Bengals. Until then, thanks for listening to this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Who day and have a good one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.